everybody. It's Allison Kaskowski. Welcome to this edition of the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. We are so excited to be here um, on this Tuesday morning. I hope that wherever you are, you're doing something fun and positive for yourself. So we are entering into March, if you can believe it. It's the 2nd of March, which means it's the start of a new month. And if you've been following us for a while, you know that we've really been focused on really bringing you high quality content from a variety of amazing speakers um, and hearing other people's stories. But what I want to do this month is something a little different. March is National Nutrition Month. And because last month in February, we focused a lot on metabolism and the effects of what you can do to actually help increase and make your metabolism work better. And a lot of that was related to mindset and how we did self-care and everything. And obviously with the show being all about self-care, I want to take a little different different ride with you this month. And we're going to be focused more on nutrition, metabolism, and movement this month, Um, just to kind of tie in with the national focus on March being National Nutrition Month. So, So let's just let's, let's take a a quick look at why, why this is. Um, Obviously what we eat is super important, not just for giving us energy and helping us feel well, but to actually fuel all the necessary jobs that our bodies need to do on a daily basis. And all of that takes energy and we don't just, you know, create it out of the air necessarily. Okay. What most of the time, the way we get energy is, is we break down the food that we eat. Okay. And that actually takes energy in order to do that. And it also takes energy to get the food where it needs to go in our bodies. And it also takes energy for us to be able to do the necessary things that we do daily. So it's, it's like, it's a trickle down effect of energy, if you will. And all food is, is it's stored energy. Okay. And it's stored in the form of calories. So when you look at a food label or you look at you know, how many calories something has, what you're really looking at is the amount of energy that's stored in that particular food. So some foods are going to have a lot higher stored energy, hence the foods that are higher in calories than others. And so that can be good and bad. You might be thinking, well, if that's the case, then that just means it's more energy for me. And while to some degree that's true, we still have to be really mindful of what we choose to eat in terms of what kind of energy we actually want. Do we want long-term energy or do we want really quick energy? And as much as we want quick energy sometimes, especially if you hit that wall in the middle of the day or you get to a point in your day where you feel like you, you absolutely need to just step away and take a nap for a few minutes. I think we've all been there if we're being honest. Quick energy can take our, and not only can take our energy up, but it can plummet just as fast as it went up. So we really want to limit uh, the law, you know, the, the most common things that we can get for quick energy. Like think about that trip to the vending machine or the coffee machine, or, you know, the donut cart or whatever it is that you have um, at your place of work or your office or wherever. Um, I think we've all been in situations where we've been in around break rooms and, and tables where there's you know, mints and, you know, those Hershey kisses and whatever else. And you might think, well, that's just a really quick way to get me some energy and it tastes really good. And it might take your energy up, but it'll, it'll plummet just as fast. So when we eat something, let me walk you through this process really quick. And what I want to do today is have you walk away. I want to give you six easy food choices that not only give you good long lasting energy, but these food choices also have a direct impact on how your metabolism works. In other words, in some way, shape or form, they all contribute to helping your metabolism not only work better, but work faster. 
And I think that's really what we all want at the end of the day is to make sure that what we're eating and putting in our bodies is actually going to give us a return on that investment, if you will. But when we eat something, it's actually broken down in our stomach through the process of digestion. And it actually, you know, through, you know, with the help of, you know, uh, certain digestive enzymes and hormones and everything else without getting into a huge science lesson here, all of that food actually, you know, filters out into different parts of our body that need it. You know, some of, some of that food might go to our muscles, some might go to our internal organs and help them work better. Some might actually go and be stored in the cells in our skin. You know, that's the case a lot of times with uh, salad dressings. Um, it actually helps keep our skin soft. Um, you know, uh, other foods, but other foods that are higher in calories, like higher fat foods, uh, go to our fat stores, which actually help keep us warm. It helps protect our internal organs and just helps contribute to our body's overall health. So there's a lot of ways that food can actually go to different places in our bodies. And most foods have a specific job in terms of the, the breakdown of it, in terms of the specific calories and the specific jobs that those calories are actually going to do. The majority of the calories that we eat, however, actually go to a concept called our resting metabolism, which in some cases, depending on what you read and where you read it, is a concept called BMR, basal metabolic rate, or RMR sometimes is referred to as resting metabolic rate. So the majority of what we eat actually contributes to our resting metabolic rate because the majority of what we eat actually helps fuel our body at rest. Okay. Think about it. When we're really active, particularly when we're working out or when we're walking or when we're doing chores or yard work or whatever it is that we're doing on a daily basis, we're really not eating. We're really relying on what we have stored when that's the case. Okay. So the majority of what we eat daily actually goes to fuel our resting metabolic rate or our BMR. Okay. And so optimally speaking, you know, what we want to do is focus the majority of what we eat on the foods that are actually not only going to help us get the best energy, but also help our metabolism function in the best way. In other words, avoiding these, you know, energy spikes and energy, you know, pitfalls, if you will, to where we feel like we feel great one minute and then 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes later, you know, we're back to feeling the way that we did. That's really not a case of having something to eat that actually really helps us. So foods are, and then from that point, foods are actually broken down from the calorie standpoint into a molecule called ATP, which is basically what's called the energy currency of the cell, much like the dollar is in the economy. It's really in, in, the, in the United States, if you will, the dollar is what is the, the, the energy currency of the economy, if you will, and, and business and the, and the markets and everything are drawn by how strong the dollar is. And in our bodies, a lot of times, well, not a lot of times, the majority of the time in our bodies, how well we're actually able to get ATP from the foods that we eat is what's essentially going to help us not give us the, not only give us the best energy, but to help our metabolism work in the best way. Okay. So all foods actually supply energy in some way, shape, or form, okay? But not all calories are equal. So in other words, this is why there's so many other, there's so many foods in some instances that are probably not the best choices for us from a long-term standpoint of how are we going to get them, where are we going to get the majority of our calories from, you know, and I'm speaking of like the quick energy fixes, you know, the vending machine, uh, getting, having the piece of candy or, or the, the fancy coffee drink that's 500, 600 something calories, 
or, you know, having dessert at the end of a meal or a cocktail at the end of the day. These are all probably not the best regular practices to get into for obvious reasons, because those calories for the most part are not going to really help us in the same way that calories from foods that actually help sustain our energy and our metabolism are actually going to take us out from the concept of if we go back to the energy currency example, think about when you invest your money, obviously, you always want to think about what's going to get you the best return on your investment. And compound interest works a lot like this. We obviously want to have our money in the best situation to where we can benefit in the long run from it. You know, we don't necessarily want to put our money into things that we're not going to see that return on. And the same thing is true with our metabolism. We want to make sure the majority of what we're eating is actually supporting our metabolism and we're getting that long-term long-term return on that investment, if you will. Okay. So, and, and I say this because there are a lot of foods that don't have any calories that are very good for our metabolism, like foods that are really high in vitamins and minerals and those trace minerals. These are all what we call nutrient dense foods, you know, and the best scenario is to have a lot of foods and choices in our, in our eating plan, our energy eating plan, which is how, what we teach that step five of our uh, six step fit life system is energy eating. Um, And a lot of what we recommend in terms of what are our staple items are those items that are nutrient dense, but particularly low in calories. So fruits and vegetables, leafy grains, and things of that nature are actually going to help take us further down the road. Um, And the other piece to this are the foods that actually make up what are called your macros, your carbs, your proteins, and your fats. And so what I want to share with you today is how all of this relates to getting your metabolism to function better. Okay. So remember, the goal is to have foods that help literally help us increase our resting metabolic rate or BMR, which is what I just said. That's where the majority of what we eat actually goes to support that. Okay. And so we want to always keep that in mind as kind of the overall objective. Okay. So keeping in mind all of that, what foods are actually best for us for helping us raise our basal metabolic rate or our RMR and also helping us sustain long-term energy. Okay. So what I want to do is give you what I think are the six of the best items. There are more, this list is not by all means conclusive. There are other options that are not included here, but these are always my go-tos. And these are the ones that I usually recommend. And these are all on in our six-step fit life system, that step five, which is energy eating. What we do when you work with us in our programs is you actually get access to our, what we call our metabolic library. And you actually get to take a specific quiz to determine what your metabolic type is. And depending on what that type is, will lend itself to what are going to be the best options for you to choose from. So so what I want to do is give you what I think are six of the better choices. And like I said, there are more that make up this list, but these are probably the more common ones and the ones that I get asked about the most, which is why I wanted to make sure I shared that with you today. So which ones, which ones are they that are good for our metabolism? Number one is protein rich foods. Okay. Now you've heard me, if you've been following me for a while, you've heard me talk about this before and over in my private Facebook community, um, we just finished a series on metabolism that I did in a series of Facebook lives last month. We called it Moxie Metabolism and we really zeroed in on what are what we like to call those daily practices that really influence our metabolism. And as we get older, as you know, our metabolism changes. There are a lot of things that impact it from our activity levels 
to it affecting how much muscle we carry to our sleep and rest to, you know, basically how we eat and sustain ourselves. So, and all of these change as we get older. So this is all things to keep in mind, but protein rich foods is something that really shouldn't change. Now, as we get older, we may find that we don't need as much protein as when we were younger, but here's the thing. When we're active on a regular basis, it behooves us to have a little extra protein on a daily basis. And obviously on days that we're really active or days that we're doing challenging workouts, it's always a good idea. And why is that? The main reason is, is that protein has what we call a thermogenic effect on your metabolism, or sometimes it's referred to as TEF, which stands for the thermic effect of food. And what this means is, is that it takes more energy for your body to break protein down than it does to break fat or carbohydrate down. Okay. This is the main reason why carbohydrate is considered our primary source of energy. It's because it, for, to our bodies, it's, it's a super efficient process to break carbohydrate down. It takes more energy to break protein down. Okay. Which is why in people who have, who eat, you know, more protein on a daily basis and on a regular basis, usually have a higher resting metabolic rate as a result, okay? In some instances, the thermic effect of food when it comes to protein can help raise your metabolism by as much as 30%. Now, that's been documented in some studies. Um, that's not always the case. Of course, there are always things that need to be taken into consideration, like if you have any specific type of metabolic disorder that, that's working against you, for instance, an underactive thyroid, or maybe you're a diabetic, or maybe... Um, in general, maybe your metabolism because of your family history or, or your genetics isn't as fast as what you would like it to be. You know, most of the time, making sure that you're eating right is usually one of the first steps that we look at. Okay. Um, so the thermic effect of food comes into play, especially with protein. Um, and so we highly recommend that, you know, you look at the, not just what you're doing for protein, but the kind of protein, the portion sizes and the quality of protein that you're focused on. So that should be basically a regular staple. The way we teach our energy eating is we teach protein, fiber, water, and we work everything else around that. Okay. So what does that mean to you? That means perhaps considering having a salad on a daily basis or at least several days out of the week with some protein on it, chicken, meat, fish, seafood, um, tofu, if you're vegetarian, beans and rice make a complete protein as well. The thing with beans and rice that we need to be mindful of is, is that that's also high in starch and fiber. Now, fiber is the good thing, but the starch is what we want to be careful of because starch is considered an energy source as well. So, so protein-rich foods is always a good first step. Tip number two are eating foods high in iron, zinc, and selenium. Now, why is this important? Obviously, what this does is, is this is central in helping our thyroid gland function optimally, okay? Iron has been consistently linked to, um, to us having energy, okay? Most of the time when you get blood work done, one of the things that your healthcare provider will look at is what your iron levels are, particularly if you're feeling tired, lethargic, worn out, sluggish on a regular basis. That's one of the first things they look for. It's a condition called anemia. But zinc and selenium are also important for this. They're also helpful and important in helping us with a strong immune system, which goes hand in hand, okay, with our metabolism. When we do things that help strengthen our immune system, like working out, getting fresh air, getting plenty of rest, drinking lots of water, these are all things in turn that help our metabolism function better as well, okay? And examples of foods that are rich in iron, zinc, and selenium include meat, seafood, 
nuts and seeds, just to name a few. Okay. Now there are obviously other food sources as well, but those are probably your more common ones. So maybe take a look at what you're doing on a regular basis that include foods that fall into these categories as well. Um, tip number three is coffee and tea. Now, obviously coffee is, a, is one of the more popular stimulant drinks, if you will. Why do we drink coffee? We drink coffee to help wake up in the morning, right? You know, we want a little energy boost. We want a little kick in the pants, so to speak, to get us going for the day. But coffee has been documented to really increase our metabolism by as much as 10%. Um, and that's mostly because what coffee does is it helps, you know, free up, if you will, um, stored fat, which is typically called fatty acids when it starts circulating in our bloodstream. Okay. And it's been documented in lots of studies over the years that increased free floating fatty acids can actually help you um, prolong, if you will, the time that you can actually work out and be active before you get tired. There's been lots of research done on that. It's one of the reasons why in the Olympic setting, if you will, the International Olympic Committee actually has guidelines on how much caffeine is acceptable for an athlete to have because it's considered in some instances to give athletes an unfair advantage. So the limit is really around a couple of cups of coffee basically is what it, it equals um, on a daily basis. So if you drink a lot of coffee and you're looking to compete in an event, that's something that you want to keep in mind. Tea, on the other hand, is a little bit different. Tea, particularly green tea, has been documented to help increase energy levels. Um, it's one of the first things that's usually suggested, not just from an immune standpoint, but from an energy standpoint. But keep in mind, coffee and tea will affect people differently. So if you're really super sensitive to caffeine or to stimulant, that's something you want to keep in mind. But coffee and tea, neither one have calories. Okay, none. But there are also um, lots of some teas are actually high in antioxidants, depending on what kind. And there's actually health benefits in a coffee bean as well. Okay, so so there are health benefits to having coffee and tea, provided that you do it in an acceptable amount. And hopefully it's not something that that you're super sensitive to. That's definitely something that you should keep in mind. And that's what we consider to be an individual effect. Um, so I want to make it clear that coffee and tea have different effects on people. So you know yourself and you know what affects you. So just keep that in mind. Um, tip number four are is foods that are considered to be legumes. Okay. These are, these are beans, lentils, things that fall into that family. Um, and it's particularly because they're considered to be a source of protein, probably not as good a source of protein as say chicken meat, seafood, tofu, eggs, you know, dairy, things of that nature. Okay. But legumes are not only high in protein, but they're also high in fiber too. And fiber really acts like a sponge in your digestive system. Okay. So think about what a sponge does when it gets wet. It actually gets big. And that's what fiber does in your system. So by expanding, say, in your digestive system, it helps to curb your appetite as well, which is one of the reasons why uh, we recommend high fiber rich foods in our energy eating plans that we help our clients with. Um, and legumes are also a good source of iron, zinc, and selenium too. So there's a lot of reasons why having some legumes of some type in your eating plan is a smart move. Okay. Um, tip number five is coconut oil. Now this is really making a comeback. I can remember back when I was a teenager and in college that coconut oil was almost contraindicated for a lot of reasons. It was believed for a long time that high amounts of coconut oil was not good for you sim simply because it was high in fat. Now, back when I was in school several years ago, um, the Atkins diet was one of the pop real popular eating plans that was out there. And a lot of medical professionals really pushed back hard against that primarily because 
you know, obviously eating a diet high in fats, particularly saturated fats, couldn't possibly be good for you. You know, it was back in the day when eating the low carb, high fat, high protein diets was really considered to be a hugely successful way to go about reaching your health and fitness goals. And I can remember at the time, there was, there was a lot of people in the medical community that were vehemently opposed to this, even though Dr. Atkins himself was a medical doctor. I can remember reading things in magazines, seeing things on the news at the time that there was just a lot of disagreement about that. There was one of those things where there were, there were probably just as many people that were for it as that were for against it. And it really depended on who did it and how it worked for them. But coconut oil is, a, is, is really making a comeback. And it's primarily because it is com- comprised of what's called medium chain triglycerides, MCTs is what you'll see this listed on a label as, okay? MCTs, unlike other fatty acids, like the fat that you might have in say candy or cheesecake or full ice cream or something along those lines, um, MCTs are actually broken down in your liver. Okay. So they're less likely to be stored on top of that. MCTs are frequently used by your brain for energy. Okay. Um, so this is why you've seen in places, depending on where you do your grocery shopping in a place like whole foods or the fresh market, you've probably seen in the coffee aisle, there's a product called bulletproof coffee, which is basically coconut oil in coffee. Okay. Um, and the, the reasoning behind that is, is that it helps your, really the MCTs feed your brain better so that it really helps you focus and really zero in more in terms of concentration and focus. So it, in essence, it can enhance your memory too. And there's been obviously a lot of research done on that too. It's a very popular product. Um, I personally like coconut oil in my coffee. If you put it in your coffee and you blend it, it's almost like you're having a latte. Obviously, there are calories to consider here, but think about there are lots of good health benefits for MCTs, and it's also shown to document helping to increase and boost your metabolism as well, simply because it feeds your brain at a much higher level. So think about if you're focusing and concentrating, your brain literally is going all the time, and your brain needs food just like the rest of your body does. And so those MCTs really help fuel your brain into high gear, which technically takes quite a bit of energy. Okay. So the the reasoning is, is that coconut oil helps to boost your metabolism. So I personally like to have coconut oil in my coffee, but you can also use it in cooking. I've known people to use it in place of olive oil or butter or something else, you know, blended well, of course, you can buy it in any grocery store. It usually comes in a jar. It's what's considered to be semi-solid at room temperature. So it might not be super, it might not be super solid, um, but at the same time, when you want to blend it in your coffee, you want it to be more than in liquid form. Okay. So coconut oil is also something that can help with your metabolism. And the last one is water, obviously. Now you're probably sitting there thinking water has no calories. How can that be helpful? Well, actually water is considered the body's most essential nutrient. Um, think our bodies are really almost two thirds water as it is. And so the more water we drink, think about what water does. It's just like any other liquid that you drink. It actually takes energy to funnel down through your digestive system and to get to the places in your body that really need it. And that all, that always takes energy. The, the, the major boost is, is that there's obviously no calories with water zero. Okay. So water boosts your metabolism from anywhere from 25 to 30%, but generally speaking, that boost is temporary. So it's not like you drink a glass of water in the morning 
and you have that metabolic boost the whole day. It's something that you need to really be mindful of having plenty of throughout the day. The considered recommended formula for water is half of your body weight. Um, I personally teach half your body weight. So if you weigh 150 pounds, for example, you'd need 75 ounces of water on a daily basis. And what I teach is, is that you add an additional 15 ounces to that. So that would make it 90 ounces of water. And I say that because every time you're speaking, you sneeze, you cough, you use the restroom, you're losing water. You sweat profusely, say in the summertime, you lose water. And in the wintertime, especially because the air is so much drier, um, we actually lose more water through the process of trying to stay warm. So it's always a good idea to pad that total a little bit. Okay. So what does 90 ounces of water actually look like? Well, if you drink 12 ounce, you know, cups, for example, that's anywhere from seven to eight cups on a daily basis. Now, depending on the size of your cup, we'll probably determine that. I personally keep a pretty large stainless steel water cup on my desk that I keep full the whole day. And it's like a reminder to me to consistently drink it, you know, all day long. And I need reminders too, just like everybody else, but I, I want to make it easy on myself so that I'm consistently being reminded of that. So if you're not drinking enough water, that's an easy place to start in terms of helping with your metabolism. It not only helps your metabolism, but it helps you boost your energy too. It helps kind of clear out the clutter in your mind. And water does so many amazing things for us. It's really central to any weight loss program and really central to a big part of any fitness program as well. So I hope those tips were helpful for you. Tip number one, protein-rich foods. Tip two, foods rich in iron, zinc, and selenium. Tip number three, coffee and tea, particularly green tea. Tip number four, uh, having some legumes you know, in your, in your diet somewhere. Tip number five is coconut oil, and tip number six is water. So I hope all that is helpful for you. I would recommend taking a look at what you're doing on a daily basis um, as far as all that goes. Before I sign off, a couple of things. I want to let you know that we do have ways that you can support us, become a supporter of the ultimate journey of self-care. Please head over to my website at cufitness.com. That's the letter C, the letter U, fitness.com, and click podcast. And what you'll find is that we have three ways that you can help support us if you're feeling inspired to do so. There are three different offer levels. Uh, one offer is for $10, one's for $39, and one's for $50. And these are all one-time contributions. And we, of course, send you free gifts with, with all of your contributions um, if you're feeling inspired to support us. Um, these are, like I said, one-time contributions and all of that's on my website. So if that's something that you're thinking that might be interesting to you, please head over and check that out. We always send, like I said, the free gifts. And the more you contribute, like when you become our self-care insider, which is the $50 level, that's our gold premium insider level. Um, you get a whole host of free gifts with that. So if that's something that you're thinking you'd like to do, we would love it. And if not, we totally understand. We're still here every week for you, bringing you the very best in information. Um, if you're not yet in my private Facebook group, please head over to, um, to that on Facebook, Living Your Ultimate Life Through Fitness and Self-Care. Um, every single month, I'm always doing special events in there. And every week I do a special Tuesday, what I call Tuesday Live Show. Tuesday Talk is what I call it. And it's on some health, fitness, self-care related topic. Now, all this month, we're going to be focused on nutrition and eating. So if that's something that interests you, please make sure that you're a member. Just head over and find us on Facebook, or you're welcome to look me up on Facebook. Um, I'm under Allison Hannah Katzkowski. Hannah was my maiden name. Um, and you're welcome to find me there as well. And just drop me a private message. I am so grateful for all of your support. Uh, we've been on the air now. It'll be two years in August. 
And we've got episode 100 coming up and I've already got some special plans for that. And I just want to tell you, um, I know I say this every week, but I just, I never want it not to go unnoticed how appreciative I am of all your support, tuning in every week, sending me your messages, telling me what works, telling me what you want to hear me talk about, uh, that you feel like I'm giving you a voice. That is exactly why I do what I do every single day. And I am so grateful. Thank you so much for all of your support, for helping me make the show such a success. We are worldwide. We are in over 25 countries and every week we reach more people. And that is my number one focus with this show is to continue to spread the message that self-care not only is a unique journey, but it is a journey that only you can define. And it is a journey that is limitless. It is something that uh, can change and ebb and flow as you grow and change. And there's always possibility in that. So I want you to always know that if you're struggling with where you are now, if you're really feeling like what you're doing isn't working, if you you are really wondering what the next steps are, I want you to reach out and talk to me about it. Send me an email at allison at cufitness.com. That's allison with one L, A-L-I-S-O-N at cufitness.com. And talk to me about it. Maybe we can have a conversation. We could get on a call. We could see uh, what we could what we could do to possibly work together. Or if you just have some questions that you want me to answer, my door is always open. Um, please know that. So I am so grateful again for all of your support. Thank you very much. Uh, this is Allison Katzkowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You are one step closer to living your ultimate life. So make it a good one.